Hello and welcome to Adipod, a podcast by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. I'm your host, Emilio Garcia. Today, we talk with the executive director of the ATA about the scandal surrounding strip searching in New South Wales. Please enjoy the episode and stick around after the episode to learn more about the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. Please enjoy. So here we are once again in the Australian Taxpayers Alliance office. I'm joined by the executive director of the ATA, Brian Marlowe. G'day. How's it going? Good. Good. So, Brian, the ATA is obviously uh, against tax regulation and waste, and sometimes the the wording that that we use is that we don't like the invasiveness of government. Correct. Now, we talk about the invasiveness of government, but it's usually a little bit different from the way we're talking about it today. Uh, do you want to get us started on this issue? Yeah, I mean, so one of the things we always talk about is, you know, how the government takes uh, a lot of your hard-earned income, uh, they're invasive when it comes to how you can live your life, they apply sin taxes, all kinds of things. Uh, we've always so- sort of spoken about, you know, the same governments that can do this are also governments that then have the power to uh, invade, invade your personal space uh, and... You know, do some pretty horrific things. Uh, so what we're talking about this episode is something that's been going around in the media, which involves strip searches at music festivals uh, based on false uh, positive identifications for drug possession and stuff. Right. Uh, and this would be false uh, identification on behalf of uh, sniffer dogs. Yeah. So police go to festivals, music festivals, they use sniffer dogs to try and find people that have uh, that are possessing drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they do it under the auspices of saying, "Well, we're trying to find drug dealers and all that kind of stuff," which, where you know, on face value, is fair enough. Yeah. But when you actually look at the stats, the failure rate is astronomically high. So I, initially, before doing this podcast, I thought the failure rate was something like you know twenty to thirty percent mm, failure rate, and, and and most of the time, uh, the dogs would actually find some of the drugs. It's actually a fifteen percent success rate. <laughs> so. You, those are really abysmal numbers. That, so that that means if a sniffer dog sniffs out a hundred people, only fifteen of them will be a, will actually have drugs on them. Right. Uh, now that would be fine if all that happens is the dog sniffs them and then you know they, they give them a pat down. down or something like that and go from there. But they don't actually mm-hmm. do that. They do strip searching. So they take people behind a curtain. They make them get naked. Uh, they then have to squat and cough uh, because they're Searching in and, certain areas, and they actually they actually make physical contact. They make I mean, physical listen, contact this is, as well. This is, a, this is a podcast for adults. So we'll just say, I mean, what they do is essentially they check you with their hand to see between certain crevices, if yeah. you will. And so it's very invasive. Yeah. Now, considering the success rate, that means that most of the people that are getting strip searched with this very very uh, invasive ha- technique, the majority of them don't have anything. They on haven't them. done anything wrong at it's all. Insane. In any way, shape, or form, the vast majority of them haven't done anything wrong, and they're being strip searched by police uh, because a dog sat down. Uh, and then on top of that, they're doing it at music festivals. So let's talk about the demographic of people that go to music festivals: right. young people. Yes. Uh, and then what's been happening recently that's been in the media is that actually a bunch of underage girls have been strip searched at music festivals. Mm. Uh, you know, girls around the age of sixteen and sometimes even younger who are at music festivals that 
they're allowed to go to, so right. they're not breaking a law in that respect. And had no drugs on them. And had no drugs on them. Right. Uh, and then an adult male police officer has made them get naked, squat down, cough, mm. they've felt them physically, uh, based on false positives. And it's atrocious. Right. And the issue now seems to, I mean, just on face value, that's pretty, that's pretty disturbing. But it turns out now that actually it seems that there's no real legal, um, uh, there's no law that would say that police can do this. In other words, it has been a practice, but now as this uh, new inquiry has begun, they're asking, where did they get the idea that they had the authority to do such a thing? Yeah, to the point that even one of the police officers that's been presenting on this actually copped to it and said, oh, actually, yeah, it could have been illegal what I've been doing. Right. Well, that's not good enough. I mean, you've been getting people, whether they're adults or children, you've been making them strip down and get naked and, and essentially violating their space based on abysmal rates of... Well, that's um, my question. And I know that you're not the lawyer in the office, yeah. but you know, you, you know a thing. I'm an armchair lawyer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know a couple of things. If someone doesn't have a legal right that says specifically, you, by this authority, then have the right to touch someone, to, to oblige someone to get naked so that you can touch them. If, if they check not, these boxes. Yeah, if, if that, but that is, if that's not written in some kind of law, how is that not just sexual assault? Well, that's a good question, right? Like, um, police have a delegated authority and a, and a higher level of, of, say, moral authority in certain scenarios. Mm -hmm. uh, they go through training and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, if there's nothing in the law that says that they can do this and they're just flouting the law to do it in order to crack down on someone having, mm -hmm. you know, a fun time at a festival, yeah, it, it, it is absolutely ridiculous. Now... This isn't advocating for people to dr take drugs at festivals. I know someone will listen to this and be like, oh, you're advocating for dr drug use and all <laughs> kinds of degeneracy. No. We are libertarians, but no. Pro probably, <laughs> well, I mean, I keep banging on about it, but with mm. ultimate liberty comes personal responsibility. Right. So probably shouldn't take drugs at a festival from a random uh, who's made it, you know, yeah. in questionable circumstances. Ideally, don't take drugs. Yeah. Kids, uh, adults, everyone, don't take drugs. And sure, people do, and... Mm. There's a case to be made about police cracking down on drug dealers selling things that could potentially kill people, mm -hmm. but this obviously isn't the way to do it. Right. Uh, testing of pills when they go to festivals to make sure those those pills are safe for someone mm. to take, or not safe, but don't have like rat poison and stuff in them, that seems like a reasonable step, yeah. and yet our governments have been vehemently opposed to it. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've been supporting this for a long time, not necessarily on some kind of uh, basis of we're okay uh, morally, with uh, you doing X uh, thing, and we think that, you know, we, we take a certain position on the legality or not. We're just saying it's an, an efficient means to an end to actually make sure that people, if they choose to do something like that, are doing it safely, right? But yeah, my... when, 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 products are, when products exist in a prohibitionist model, right, so when you have black market products, there will be dodgy people that produce black market products that kill people. We've right. seen it in drugs. We now see it held with vaping. Uh, we yeah. saw it in Prohibition-era uh, America with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Uh, all we're saying with the pill testing debate, which sort of works into this, is people who are going to take these, and you're not going to stop them from taking it, should be able to test what's in them to make sure that there aren't poisons or other mm -hmm. things that cut up different drugs that yeah. kill people. Uh, my sister from my father's side of the family, so half-sister, she died when she was 24 from a drug overdose because it was an untested... It was, it was an untested product. Um, yeah. So... You know, those are the real-world implications of those things. Yeah, but the reason that I want to kind of draw the distinction between those two things and really emphasize that we're not necessarily making a uh, 
a moral vindication of, of anything, whether mm. it be drug, that, that's not the case we're making. The case we're making is, listen, we understand that there are some things that are maybe morally or legally in the gray area, but are an efficient means to, to an end. Yes. In other words, for pill testing, that's a legal gray area, but less people will die. Here, what is happening? What, 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 what are the ostensible benefits of having a bunch of, of, of sniffer dogs going around uh, and, and, and asking them, hey, sit down if X person has drugs, and maybe they sit down because they're tired, and so now they need to check, you know, into well, the parts of it. Well, they smell something else, right? Yeah. Or, or they're tired. <laughs> yeah, or they're tired. Uh, I've never really understood the purpose of sniffer dogs when it comes to drugs, because, mm. you know, you go to an airport, you go to the airport in Tasmania, uh, mm. Tasmania has big restrictions on what food products can come into that island. Good. Uh, the sniffer dogs, they have a much higher success rate because they're only smelling for certain things yeah. uh, and those products have a certain, uh, like a scent profile, yeah. essentially. Drugs, on the other hand, can be cut up with all kinds of other products. Maybe that person did do drugs, but they didn't do it at the festival. They did it at home. Yeah. Uh, and there's still that scent on them. Uh, so what ends up happening is these dogs, as I keep saying, 15% success rate, which is abysmal. And then everyone else is caught up in it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, it's, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to mince words. They're violated by the police. Yeah, well, I mean... And your taxes imagine, pay for this. Just imagine how humiliating it would be yeah. to have, you know, to do absolutely nothing wrong. You're just somewhere minding your own business, wanting to have a good time. And you end up with police, uh, you know, doing some untaught, you know, un, un uh, sophisticated things to you. Let's say that would be really humiliating for someone like you or me, yeah, uh, grown men. Let alone a sixteen-year-old. That's the thing, or even younger. That's or younger. It, it's it's. I I don't even know how it how how I would react as a as a parent to something like this. Well, some of and, these girls are traumatized. Uh, there's there's been article after article about a lot of these girls and 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 guys who who have been violated by the police, uh, and they're traumatized from it, and it's totally understandable, and it's ridiculous, and yet we still keep continuing down this process. And what I keep coming back to is your taxes are paying for this. Mm. So sometimes we have organizations and, and, and journalists and stuff question, you know, well, why, why do you criticize uh, the role of government and all that kind of stuff? It's like, well, the same government that has the power to push things in an area that you may like is the same government and the same uh, authoritarian groups that can push things like this. And it is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. I don't think we'll find uh, much disagreement here. Uh, when oh, you say I'm sure someone will hate this podcast because, you know, we we didn't we basically didn't say say for thirty minutes straight drugs are bad. Mm. Well, we can say it now. You know, drugs are bad. Well, some. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I like the ones that save lives. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah. Those are good. Uh, but I I do remember that the point that you made that some things, some drugs, since they're unregulated, they're cut with other things. Mm. And one of the things that I remember um, someone telling me are often used to cut certain uh, drugs are uh, soap, uh, soap. Uh, yeah, powers. so product, so, so, like so Ajax or some yeah, Omo. Uh, yeah. So we don't tend to have Ajax here. We have more like Omo uh, and things like that. They're cleaning the powders, um, and they use those to cut up ecstasy pills. They use those to cut up cocaine to bulk it out. Mm. Uh, so if you wash your clothes with that, maybe you put a little bit extra in your washing machine this morning. Maybe the dog may say, "Oh, I recognize that smell." Yeah, and so just your your cleanliness. I recognize that Omo is in drugs and yeah. also i can that smell it off their like clothes so okay it's done i'm right sitting down. down and we're talking about dogs they have the intelligence of a toddler at best yeah like if like i've got a border collie kelpie she's got about the intelligence of a toddler yeah. beagles roughly the same and that's what they use for sniffer dogs mm. so we're relying on toddlers to tell us who has drugs 
Well, we're relying on children for a lot of things, but that's a, that's a <laughs> subject for, for other podcasts. What I found interesting, though, is that it goes a little bit further than that. So a lot of these people have been strip-searched because of their reaction to the dog. So yeah. the dog doesn't even sit down next to them or bark at them or whatever. They just don't like the fact that a dog's sniffing them. Yeah, and so they flinch or they, they act a little nervous or whatever. And like, hey, why did this dog that didn't identify you as a threat scare you? I Therefore, think you must have drugs. Yeah, Strip so down and I'm going to make and, you squat and cough. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... My previous boss when I used to work for Senator uh, Lionhelm once said... Mm. Uh, forget what the issue was but the police were really heavily handed cracking down on, on on a bunch of things and he said in a press interview he said there's a saying out there in australia all cops are bastards uh and the police have to do a lot of work to unearn that moniker mm. well you know it's very hard for people who dislike cops yeah uh, and people who go to festivals to not have that feeling when all they want to do is go and listen to the chats and have a good time on a weekend. Yeah. And because maybe they don't like dogs, maybe they're fearful of dogs because right. they acted a little weird when a bunch of goons came up to them, all of a sudden, done. Right. Strip search them. I don't think, and yeah, I, I don't want anyone misinterpreting us uh, as, as being anti-law enforcement. Obviously, we take a very uh, positive approach to, to law enforcement and policemen. And, you know, obviously, obviously they're, they're, they're doing a lot to... To protect us, and it, it can be a thankless job. But as you say, are we are we really supposed to just put this kind of uh, respect for law enforcement above recognizing a clearly a clear breach of our rights and our children's rights in a really egregious way? Well, but I think that I, I think even just that line there sort of goes to show that uh, goes to show how much power police have. So even when criticizing cops for doing bad things. It has to be prefaced with, well, look, we're not criticizing all police. Mm. We all know that police do good work. Like, yeah, we get it. Right. Police put themselves on the front lines. There are police out there that do really good work. Uh, I mean, so, so what you just said is, is kind of a good example of how, you know, the police force in Australia is so, like, revered and, and, mm. and, and given so much moral authority on authority that even when criticizing them for doing objectively bad things and fucking things up, we have to preface it with, oh, well, now we're not saying all cops are bad and mm. there's some good people in the police force that do good work. It's like, yeah, okay, good. We know that. Yeah. This is bad mm -hmm. and they should be criticized and, 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 and damned for it. Right. But people really pussyfoot around the issue. Mm. Cops should not strip search children. End of story. Seems like a, an uncontroversial statement. Yeah. Essentially what we're doing is we're playing political correctness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can be like, oh, I really like that thing Trump did with taxes, but... I don't like Trump or something. I don't like him because his tweets are so very mean. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I think we're falling into that trap. It's like, right. cops did a bad thing here. Mm. Don't do that bad thing. Right. Like, oh, do you hate them? Like, no, of course. Like, what? No. I'm yeah. Criticizing that thing. Uh, and I, I do think that, you know, this could rise to the level of gross negligence, I'm assuming. At the very but least, yeah. I don't know exactly where the, that, that um, fault lies. I would say if you said that you could identify three or four uh, police officers that were doing this routinely, then you would say that it's three or four individual policemen who are engaging in bad, con in, in bad conduct that is illegal or unregular or something like that. But if we're seeing this as a pattern that is repeating itself uh, by different policemen, uh, police people, <laughs> in different, just because we're politically correct now, uh, in different uh, situations, then I think that the negligence would fall elsewhere in whoever is running the, the institution.
Yeah, I mean, or, or whoever's pushing police to, to carry this out. Mm. Uh, or telling them that it's appropriate. Or telling them that it's appropriate, or telling them that it's within the letter of the law when it actually isn't. Mm. Uh, you know, something needs to be done about it and people need to be held accountable. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, is it seems to be a lot of women who are the ones uh, yeah. that are ending up in these media storms. Now, that to me, raises some concerns because I'm going, why is it only the women that are getting strip searched? It's not only women, but right. why is why why does it seem to be a lot of women that are getting strip searched? Yes. Speci- specifically teenage women. Probably women who are young and uh, maybe aren't the types to make complaints. Yeah. Until they do. Uh, it, it's, it, it's... If there's it, a disparity It seems there. almost predatory in certain ways, and yes. it, it, is, it is absolutely disgusting, and a lot of questions need to be asked about There's this. a lot of questions. Now, it can be, you know, multivariate. I, I don't have the actual uh, figures regarding how many men and how many women there are. If it's disproportionate, I think that that's... that's uh, yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if it wasn't disproportionate, just based mm-hmm. on the reporting that's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the inquiry hasn't finished, so we don't really have all of that, um, all of that data. But uh, I guess uh, what we can kind of uh, move into now is why we feel something like this to be necessary at all. Now, we get a lot of pushback. Obviously, uh, we, we know some people who are a little bit more socially conservative yeah. and have a lot of issues with, with the concept of uh, drug uh, liberalization in any sense. Uh, and they have good points, by the way. There, there, are, there are obviously negative ramifications on society for, for uh, drug use and so on. Uh, but what we have here is clearly just many, many, many uh, institutions and many behaviors and many uh, types of crime that are generated through this illegalization. Mm. We have to create a, a, a gray area framework to make sure that the people that are taking drugs aren't taking some kind of very harmful disease so they can take it at a concert and mm. not die. Uh, things like that. And it just, it just it boggles the mind a bit. Why is it that we continue to, to go down this path? It's failed, clearly. So why? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the drug war, drugs win every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the issue is, is okay, sure, you're you're a, a, a super conservative person who thinks that people should not do drugs. I, I understand that position. Mm-hmm. People probably shouldn't do drugs, but people do. That right. is the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. We're never going to live in a utopia. Yep. The question is, how do you best manage it? And and one thing I want to sort of cast back to, I keep going back to prohibition era America when it comes to alcohol prohibitions. Right. So a lot of people now when they're making an anti-drug argument, they're like, well, I mean, okay, maybe we'll legalize marijuana or maybe, you know, a Mm. mushroom or something like that. But heroin, you could never do that. Okay, a lot of those really heavy drugs, meth uh, and some some heavily cut up drugs, Mm. there's a lot of research out there that says that they only exist because of the prohibition model. And an example of that when it comes to alcohol was when they pro- prohibited alcohol in America, the people who drank and continued to drink switched from alcohols like beer right. to alcohols like whiskey and rum. And right. the reason for that is because whiskey gets you messed up quicker because it's got a higher alcohol content than a beer mm-hmm. and you can smuggle it easily. So you can yeah. smuggle a hip flask of whiskey and get really messed Monty. up. Yeah. It's hard to smuggle a slab of beer. Yeah. Uh, and you get the same thing in the drug scene. So, yes, I can smoke a joint but it's just as illegal as this other thing that will get me messed up. Right. So why don't I just take a couple of pills? Yeah. And then yeah. on top of that, go to a festival and try and buy a beer. Try, try, and, try and just let loose mm. the legal way. Yeah. Go to a festival and buy a beer. The last music festival I went to, you could only buy half-strength beer. It was over $10 for a cup. Mm. 
uh, and after six o'clock at night, you couldn't buy more than two drinks at once. Right. So it it, it makes people go, you know what? I They're came here to I I came here to have fun and let loose. Mm. I'm going to find a way to let loose. Right. And of course, we. I mean, that's it's not ideal, but it's it's not so much. I think there's one of the issues with the conservative position. Uh, the socially conservative position on this issue is that it's ideological and it's not really dealing in reality, which is we're not endorsing the fact that people have every right to let loose at a concert and thus uh, because we recognize that they will take drugs because that is the more the more expeditious way to do it in this uh, mm. environment that they do. The fact is that they do. So what do we do about the fact that they are doing it, that we seem to have no real proxy for eliminating the trade of drugs we seem to have no proxy through to eliminating the consumption of drugs by people who want it and and work within that framework listen we tried this we tried to make it restricted we tried to make it unavailable and it didn't work and people are doing it and now what we try to do is oh we want we don't want drunk people in festivals so we're not going to give them uh, the 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 wherewithal to get drunk at festivals well and and really hardcore anti-drug conservatives will just say well you need a heavier hand of the law right you need to really crack down on this and that'll solve it and really, uh, like, full-on conservative anti-drug types. Uh, I'm talking people that will not listen to any other argument other than ban drugs. Yep. Their response is, well, you just need heavier law enforcement on this. You just need to crack down and, and drop the hammer on these people. Okay, there are countries like uh, in Malaysia and Singapore and Vietnam, uh, there's, or the Philippines, for instance, where you can literally be killed depending on how much, uh, how much drugs you have. Uh, in the Philippines... Uh, they went around actually killing drug dealers. And there's still a drug trade. So l- even death is not enough to stamp this out. Right. So how far are you willing to go on that? Yeah. Are, are we going to turn to North Korea just because well, you don't want exactly. someone smoking a joint, really? It's, it's not going to work. Yeah. So why don't you find something that will mm. and just hold your nose? Yeah. And it, it, can, it can be the more reasonable uh, solution to, to the issue. You don't want to endorse. I do think some of the problems that some social conservatives see, and I do get their point, is that a lot of the people that seem to advocate for this are advocating for it in a way that does glorify the use of drugs a little bit. And that's not helpful. I really think that it isn't necessarily helpful if your campaign for doing X thing on drug liberalization is very fun and colorful and talking about you know how great they are. Okay, well, maybe sure. maybe let's not endorse the method. But, as you say, I mean, I don't think we need to, to keep going around in circles. The issue is that the reality of the situation is people have such an attachment to drugs that it has become an inelastic good. And it's almost impossible to price it out of the market. It's almost impossible to restrict people's access to it. Cocaine so, is 300 to $350 a gram in Australia, and, and people still buy it. You and I both know, just through having lived in Australia, that it seems that people are having no issue getting their hands on it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's It's... Quite insane. And we live in an island nation with a strong border force. Let me tell you something. I came from Mexico. I live in Mexico. I've never seen access like this. Ever in my life. So many people with so much access. That's all I'll say on the matter. Australia. We're we're pretty good at sport and drug taking, apparently. (laughs) We we definitely invest in it. Uh, Brian, uh, I think we're going to cut the the episode short because I think that we've said everything that we can on this issue. Um, Let's come back to it once we we get the results from the inquiry. Thanks so much for taking the time. And to the audience, thanks for listening. No worries. Thanks for listening to Adipod, a podcast by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. If you care to know more about the ATA, visit their website, www.taxpayers.org, 
where you'll be able to see their mission statement, their projects, campaigns, objectives, and so much more. Remember, listening to the podcast is free, but creating it isn't. If you'd like to continue to see the Australian Taxpayers Alliance advocacy, please consider becoming a member or donating. You can do this on their website as well. This has been Adipod. We'll see you next time.